Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Feminifesto podcast. In this episode, we're speaking to Sister Zef, a Pakistani teacher, women's rights activist and philanthropist from Gujranwala, Pakistan. A leader from the age of 13, Sister Zef has been the reason for several young women in Pakistan to find their spirit and to chase after their futures through igniting the flame of education. I'm not going to say much this time in introduction of Sister Zef. Because as you're going to listen to this episode, you'll find yourself left with goosebumps that Vaishnavi and I felt while we were talking to her. And we're going to allow you to experience that firsthand. Sister Zef, thank you so much for joining us here today. We're extremely excited to hear your views and thoughts. And we're certain that your work um, and your dedication will inspire many people. On that note, uh, we'd like to start by asking you to tell us about your journey in creating the Zefania Free Education Foundation. Thank you very much. This is a great honor for me to be uh, with you today and um, to be able to talk to you and uh, through you to be able to spread my message all over the world. This is a great honor indeed for me. Um I uh, was um in 7th standard when I had to face a uh, persecution in my school uh, from my teacher so at that time I decided that um, because that was so painful and I thought it should not happen to any girl again so um I simply left my school um in 7th standard and I uh, started my own school in the courtyard of my house and uh, my uh, first student was my younger sister and um, my some uh, some friends of mine and this is from uh, we started and now it has been two decades and um, after teaching in a four, um, in the courtyard for almost 14 years uh, finally uh, now we have reached on this level it is just absolutely amazing thank you so much for sharing that Zef, you're educating young women in a country that has so much resistance to the idea of education or the idea of a girl seeking education. How mm-hmm. have you dealt with people who've opposed your work, who have resisted your work in so many different ways? Um, I have uh, taken it as a uh, as a challenge, and I um, before uh, it could. Um, make my family scared and uh, uh, they would also resist but then i have uh, um, yes i have taken it as a challenge and uh, whenever they resist or they attack me and uh, they do something against me to stop me from um, my calling or my cause i put more effort because it gives me a reminder that uh, they are living in a darkness the darkness of illiteracy and i have to put more light i i have to put more effort so that i can educate more girls and um, uh, second i uh, i am showing them the difference which i want to make i am showing that if women will be empowered the lives will change the society will uh, transform uh, in a positive way and we will make a progress and uh, i then they see my example because uh, after leaving my school i started teaching myself and i got uh, two masters degrees now i'm doing my bachelor's in education and um, uh, i got all this uh, education at my own without going to any institution and uh, i was um, 
uh, uh, doing a job uh, on a on a very a good rank in a, a very big uh, telecom organization of Pakistan. So they see that if she can do it, our daughters can also do it. So I uh, I'm trying to convince them uh, for girl uh, uh, convince them so they can send their girls to the school and. Uh, uh, so they can allow them to uh, uh, learn skills by giving them my own example. So uh, I have to, uh, I have made such, um, I have shown them such a character, which uh, which is enough to convince them. I think that's why we are making such progress. That's really amazing, and I really admire your dedication and relentlessness in the pursuit of your goals. That's really inspiring. So can you tell us what are some of the major struggles that young women and girls face in Pakistan with regards to accessing education? Girls, uh, the uh, even today, I, today I was sharing a, a story of a little girl um, on my Facebook page. Uh, she was, uh, she's the eighth daughter of her father. And uh, when she was born, uh, right after her birth, her father started beating her mother and he tried to kill the girl also. And uh, then when uh, her mother was able to keep her uh, safe, uh, what her father did, he start, uh, stopped buying her milk and her mother would feed the little girl with plain water. And now because of uh, the lack of uh, nutrition and food and um, uh, the girl has nothing uh, actually. And uh, she she's sick. She's, uh, the girl is very sick. And uh, why her father did it? Because people think that the daughters are, uh, are a burden for the family and uh, they will have to, uh, the girls will get married one day and one day and parents have nothing to do with them. They take girls as burden. And why they take girls as burden? Because uh, 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 since centuries in subcontinent, we have been uh, telling girls that they belong to men and they are property of men and uh, uh, they have to depend on men for everything and when you have to depend on somebody they become your master and they treat you as uh, you are their slaves and uh, when somebody is slave that means uh, they don't have a right to dream. They don't have a right to um, ask for their rights. They don't have a, uh, a right to get education, to go to school, to uh, to learn uh, skills. So girls are facing uh, such challenges because they are not, uh, 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 their uh, parents think and their families think that they are a burden for the uh, for the family. And uh, one day they will get married and uh, uh, parents don't have to spend on them uh, for, to educate them or to give them skills. And um, yes, um, there is a student of mine who uh, wanted to get education. Her parents didn't, didn't want her to get education. So uh, I took all the responsibility of her finances and she completed her matriculation. And when she was just 15, they wanted her to get married. And then uh, when she was just 15, I gave her a job in my center she started earning and, and her marriage was delayed. So I think uh, if we make more girls educated and if we make more girls uh, uh, skilled to set an example, then uh, these challenges can be reduced for other girls. It's incredibly, incredibly selfless of you to have put in your resources to benefit her and so many other young women. Uh, thank you, honestly.
Uh, what I'm hearing from you, Zeb, is that there's so much of work happening at the grassroots, right? So you have your effort that's educating the children at the same time educating the parents and trying to sort of shift their mindsets. But what do you think policy and law can do to address this glaring gap? Because there's also some sort of an effort required from their side, right, to create a shift in the system. I think uh, when I talk, um, I think of my country, my country, when we uh, look at, the, I think media has the most important role to play. But when we look at the media, um, yes, they are uh, giving awareness to the people, but most of the time their their emphasis on just uh, politics and politicians. And uh, they think like it's uh, their programs are going to be watched. Uh, by so many, uh, by more people, if they keep talking about politics and if they uh, keep uh, spreading fear among the people about the future of the country, but they don't uh, give awareness about education and about um, um, uh, what is that population control. We have actually in Pakistan, we have three or four problems which are connected to each other. Like uh, we have to control our population. If we will control our population, we will be able to spread uh, uh, what is that opportunities equally among the people and we are not addressing that issue on that uh, on emergency level basically for me in my opinion this is like an emergency so we uh, should address it the media should address it and then government should take its notice and the government should make policies to control the population and then we should uh, discuss this thing uh, so much that girls are not less than boys and um, media and government has uh, have a very very important role to play which they are not doing that's why um, our uh, people are not putting their effort and their sources uh, to empower and to educate girls and without educating girls uh, i don't think change is possible i don't believe it so now if we want to shift our focus to um, your work and your projects. Can you please share with us some of your ongoing projects at the foundation? Uh, yes, um, we have uh, uh, two institutions right now. One is our school where we are giving um, uh, five years free education to boys and 12 years free education to girls. Uh, we have currently uh, 200 students in our school and uh, in the skill center, girls are uh, learning uh, stitching so they can work as tailors. Uh, they are learning bridal makeup and party makeup so that they can work as uh, professional beauticians. We are teaching them English language so they can have access uh, to the information of the uh, whole world. And we are teaching them IT so uh, they can become a part of the global village. And uh, we are teaching them self-defense techniques so that uh, they can keep themselves safe from uh, uh, street uh, harassment and uh, rape and uh, kidnapping and violence because uh, in our society especially when we uh, talk about the remote areas where there is uh, no awareness uh, behind the walls women are facing so many problems every day physical violence mental violence and uh, 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 we can control them if uh, again if girls are educated and empowered and if they don't have to ask from men for everything like food and clothes and shelter. Uh, if they uh, will uh, work equally with men, then men will respect them. Then men will start uh, 
thinking that uh, and uh, start taking women as their partners, uh, not uh, their property or their slaves. Incredibly amazing spectrum. And um, to our listeners, especially, what Zef didn't mention, and I'm hoping to fill that gap here, uh, being privileged as I am to be her friend on social media, I think I've had a chance to see Zef's growth through the years. But what's very, very special in the recent times is that she helped rescue and rehabilitate a young woman from most heinous of accidents one could possibly witness, where the child was burned by fire. And not only did Zef rehabilitate the child, but also walked the extra mile to ensure that the child was taken care of long after with every dream of hers fulfilled. I remember, Zef, those photographs that you put up of uh, the little young woman with her shoes, the shoes that she liked. And I just couldn't stop crying when I saw that. And this other more recent story is how Zef um, was confronted with the parents of a child who refused to let her sit for an exam. And I think they had to cover a distance of 45 minutes to reach the exam center and had about 20 minutes to make that travel. And I think they managed to reach, literally driving like the force of the devil and managed to reach on time. Zef, we'd love to hear about these stories if you're open to sharing that. Uh, yes, uh, the uh, f- uh, first girl is nine years old, and uh, um, um, because her par- her father is a drug addicted, and her mother has to work, she has to go out, and uh, she has to uh, this Mirab nine years old Mirab. She's our student. She has to take care of her siblings and siblings, and she cooks food, and she uh, cleans house, and um, uh, she washes uh, pots and everything uh, at the home along with her schooling. And in May, on 11th May 2018, she went home and she was cooking food when a fire, a fire just caught uh, her dress and she got uh, third degree burns. Uh, that was the last day uh, after summer vacation um, um, in the school, so I could not know about this incident for a month. And when I came to know about it, I saw that for a month her parents kept her inside one room it was uh, summer and they did not get her any treatment and pus and blood was coming out of her body. And uh, I uh, went to their home. I sent my team. I sent some respectable people from the village to their house. I sent my mother, but they, did, they were not agreed to send her to the hospital. And then I literally fight with them and I told them I will go to police because you are killing your daughter. And then they allowed me and I brought her to the hospital in Lahore and I did not have money at that time. So I borrowed money from uh, three women in the village and I collected 50,000 rupees and we went to three major hospitals in Lahore and three of them uh, said that uh, she is almost uh, dead and we cannot take her in the hospital anymore. But I was having a feeling in my heart. I was feeling, I was having a feeling that if, uh, she has in contact with me, that means she's going to be alive. And then um, uh, with the, uh, uh, what is that support of our friends, overseas friends who are having connections in Pakistan with doctors, uh, we were able to uh, uh, get her admitted in, an, in a hospital. And um, uh, then a child burn organization from America and Shalamar Hospital and uh, Rangers Hospital, Punjab Rangers Hospital in Lahore, uh, they gave her treatment and after having multiple surgeries, uh, she's now fine, she's alive and uh, uh, she wants to be a doctor and she has joined uh, her school back. 
and because of her two more girls uh, uh, came to us and they are also getting their treatment one is 6 years old and uh, aruj and one is a 15 years old uh, simran they were also uh, uh, burnt victims and uh, they also needed treatment and now we are uh, getting them treatment with the child burn organization uh, with the support of child burn organization and chalamar hospital in lahore and second uh, i have told her story uh, before that uh, um, uh, my student munaza uh, her parents did not allow her to get education so i took uh, all the responsibility of her educational expenses and she completed her matriculation and then uh, at the age of 15 when they uh, decided to get her married then i gave her a job uh, in my center and she started earning and uh, her marriage is delayed and that day uh she uh, because she wanted to continue her studies and her parents are against uh, uh, that she should not uh, study more after matriculation so we bought her books and uh, her in her parents opinion she would come here to do a job but she would study here all the time and in the night she would study in the bathroom of her house and then she prepared for the exams and then it was a very big challenge for us to take her to the examination center and uh, we made so many stories and every story was failed and only 20 minutes were left and we didn't know what to do so i went to her home and uh, i convinced her mother that i have to go for shopping and she has to go with me and uh, uh, munaza and her friend saira and my sister we uh, took her with us and uh, we brought her to the examination center and it took her 3 hours to take that exam and i and my sister we were sitting on the road uh, we were waiting for her to uh, finish the exam and then we brought her back in the home and until today her parents don't know that uh, uh, she's uh, she um, she's continuing uh, continuously taking her uh, education and <laughs> this is how it is and still um, this is her 11th year of education and she has to complete 12th year and then uh, she wants two bachelors and i'm with her wow just wow i i can already feel the goosebumps that our listeners are going to have but before um myshnavi asks you the next question i wanted to share with you uh, zef if there's any way in which i had any capacity or power to nominate you for the nobel i would definitely do that this year has been a solid recognition of the efforts of um powerful people whose whose hard work ultimately never fails to shine like nadia murad and uh, dr dennis mcquaigy i have a feeling a very strong one at that that will hear sister zef in that circle very very soon <laughs> thank you very very much uh, you are a very uh, sweet person and we know each other since many years now and you have always uh, been on my side and your support and uh, the lessons you have been teaching to the girls through through skype that that is so amazing children they still miss you and uh, they have enjoyed your lessons so much inshallah we'll be back soon <laughs> <laughs> inshallah <laughs> over to you bye Uh, I have to completely agree with Kirti on everything that she said, including the nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. Maybe we can get that done somehow. <laughs> I have not reached on that level yet. There are so many great people in the world. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to say we should ignore that one comment from Zeb. Totally beyond eligible. But I don't know if there's a system where siblings can send it, and maybe we should actually do a Twitter campaign. Mhm. I agree. 
Yeah, we should tweak to the no. Okay, that's going to be my homework after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Vaishnavi. You had a question. So speaking of Skype, the twenty first century has become it's it's full of technological developments and it's widely regarded as the digital era or the digital century. and we see so many examples of online activism social media campaigns and digital learning methods so in this context how have you found success in using digital tools and means to educate children i always say that uh, uh, digital tools and internet these are the biggest miracle in human history for 14 years um my life was so so hard i would teach in my school i would teach myself and i would do a full time job uh to uh, meet the expenses of my school in 2006 i was attacked by gunmen and there was no news in the world and nobody knew about it because i was not connected uh with on social media and i was for 14 years i was in the in the courtyard of my house when it would rain uh, my children uh, would have to uh, go back to home when it would uh, sometimes sky would give, give us permission to study under uh, under it or sometimes it it would not and um uh, i was i got so 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 sick because i had to work uh, 18 to 20 hours every day and a doctor told me you will die soon Uh, so you have to reduce your work but i had no one to help me and then in 2011 i joined in november 2011 i joined social media and everything was changed i start my friends uh, started uh, sending me financial support i won linsim global prize from the platform of worlds and uh, uh, i got a prize of 20000 which helped me to buy a small land to make our first two room school and uh, i got international recognition with the help of uh, the world pulse and i was interviewed uh, by uh, very big media houses and channel news asia singapore made a documentary film on my life and my work which won a gold medal from new york film festival in 2016 and because of the social media i am talking to you today so Uh, the transformation which has come in my life and in the lives of my students it has come only because of social media today i have left my job and i am uh, completely uh, giving all my time and all my energy to educate girls and to empower them our students uh, strength from 100 uh, has reached to 300 we have 200 students in the school we have 100 students in the skill center annually uh, 400 young women are learning many skills from our center and they are becoming empowered and all the credit goes to uh, the digital tools i have uh, amazing sisters around the world who are sending me support who are standing my uh, standing uh, with me and who are my power and uh, it is just a beginning of uh, of my work uh, i just salute the social media the the digital tools um i think i would have died until now if there was uh not uh, social media digital tools internet everything for me personally i think i would have led a half life because not knowing you thanks to social media <laughs> would not have um, 
been the same life that I have now. So I, I learn so much from you, Seth, every day. And I'm truly, truly thankful to the devices social media for allowing that to happen. Uh, on that note, so what I did hear from everything you shared so far is that most of this journey, and if I would put a number, I'd say like 90% of this journey, if you will, has largely been on your shoulders, your private earning and everything that you have invested into this yourself. With yeah. resources, with so much social resistance and with all these challenges, what keeps you going? What's, uh, what's your motivation? The change. The change, what was happening uh, when I uh, look at those girls and uh, I think like just just take an example of Munaza. She she really, really want to get education. And if I would not help her, she would get married at age of 15. If I uh, was not there, if I would, uh, when three hospitals said that Mirab is dead and they cannot take her. If I would leave my hope and I would not try more and more, she would have died until now. And there was nobody to take care of her in the family and in the village. And everybody was thinking she's dead. Let her go now. And when I see a difference, yes, lives are changing. Yes, change is happening. Then it gives me more motivation to go ahead, do more, do more, do more. And now my life is only these girls and uh, they are my life. And I want to save as many lives. I want to transform as many lives as I can. This is the only goal of my life. This is the only reason of my existence on this earth. And um, when... Um, I go to school and I meet my little children and they run towards me to hug me every morning. This is the most precious moment of my life. And I just cannot descri describe in words how much I feel proud and happy when I, I think that they are smiling because of my efforts. So this is what gives uh, me motivation to keep going. That's really, really a beautiful sentiment to have, Sister Zef. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, it's very clear to see in your tone the passion and the emotion that you feel towards the line of work that you do and the children that you work with. So we want to ask you, what do you see as the future for the education of women in Pakistan? Do you see things changing? Yes, um, of course, things are changing, but uh, I always say that the process of change is very slow. And um, it's uh, again, I would say that uh, media and government have to play a vital role in this. And second, we have to uh, think of our educational uh, policy also, because um, uh, we have uh, a very uh, good educational policy. Our uh, um, curriculum is very good. but uh, we have to work more on the implementation of the curriculum. We have to uh, bring those teachers in the teaching um, in the teaching department who want to be teachers, who know that they are future makers, and uh, who has a passion of teaching. Teaching is not a job. Teaching is a passion, and teaching is 
a life itself it's a lifestyle and uh, uh, those people who want to do it as a job and to take salary they cannot be teachers uh, i think uh, th that's why uh, our progress in education is slow but of course uh, the future is bright especially when we uh, just look at zef education if 200 students will complete their education from here uh, those are not just 200 students those are 200 generations so you can see the difference incredibly incredibly powerful words uh, zef i have to tell you honestly when you started speaking a little while ago, uh, uh, question before this, uh, it just felt there were goosebumps, honestly. Uh, I know I'm repeating myself, I know I'm saying this um, and the risk of sounding highly contrived, but you, you really are an amazing woman. I can't say this enough. Uh, <laughs> Thank one you so thing, much. <laughs> one of the things that I took home from the workshop that I had a chance to do with your lovely students with Sharda from our team mm -hmm. was just how ready and willing they were to share their love. These were two women from different parts of the world. They probably never had a chance to, uh, you know, even just meet, right? We were just speaking for the first time on Skype and they were so absolutely loving. And I realized that day, and this was also part of the conversation that Sharda and I had, which is that this grooming to love unconditionally has come from you. Being a teacher like that, being a teacher driven by passion, what advice do you have to say to those who want to get into a space like this, who, do, who want to make change happen in the world around them? Uh, I could not uh, understand the last sentence you said. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry for that. I wanted to say, I wanted to ask, being so compassionate, you know, you said a beautiful thing about how teaching is not a job, it's a passion. What mm. advice do you have to other women like yourself who want to make an impact in the world around them? Um, I think uh, we cannot make an impact until we uh, are fully aware of uh, the purpose of our life. I want to uh, tell those women who really want to uh, make uh, an impact and change in the world, first, know what is your calling and then start working on that and don't look here and there and whenever there is uh, there is uh, some difficulty or a challenge when you see a challenge tell yourself yeah a new accomplishment is on my way because challenges always end on a new accomplishment on something new so challenges are basically a blessing so i think uh, uh, we should be happy on uh, on new challenges and on new troubles because when we will uh, tackle with them, finally we will get something new, a new success. All right. With um, that that note, uh, we just like to thank you so so much for being with us today and for sharing your amazing story and your thoughts with our listeners. Uh, I'm certain that your work, your efforts, your dedication, your passion, and all the tireless the tireless work that you put into your your career and your foundation will inspire many people. And we really hope that your foundation achieves strides in educating young girls in Pakistan. We're extremely grateful for all that you do. 
Thank you very much uh, for asking me such beautiful questions because without beautiful questions, there cannot be good answers. And uh, second, um, yes, we are going to make a change. We are going to bring peace in our world and we will make it happen in 21st century. We will use our all efforts and we will use our all energy to bring equality and to bring peace in our world. This is my dream and this is a dream of yours and all the women who are struggling to uh, uh, make, to do something good in the world. Absolutely, absolutely beautifully and well said and extremely relevant to it for today. Thank you so much. Thank you.